I, I frequently get a feeling of great appreciation and solidarity from being here. That uh, it kind of you know blows me. I, I you know it is a bit emotional for me, and I you know you you can leave that part out if you want. I don't mind. But... That's the voice of Canadian cardiologist Dr. Brad Strauss speaking to me from somewhere inside the Haemek Medical Center in Afula. It's the main hospital serving northern Israel. It's located within firing distance of the Hezbollah rockets from Lebanon and also serves the northern West Bank. Strauss has been a volunteer with the hospital's cardiac department these last two weeks. When the October 7th Hamas attack happened, Strauss was home in Toronto, attending services in his Sharei Shemayim synagogue. But within hours, the 65-year-old was making arrangements to get on a plane and get to Israel. He left behind his family and his cardiac patients at Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto and took a two-day scary roundabout journey to get to Israel, even while thousands of rockets were flying over the country from Gaza. He'd hoped to volunteer somewhere where he could help casualties from the fighting or even the original Hamas attack anywhere where his 40 years of experience as a cardiologist could be put to good use. It was the cardiac unit at the Haimek Hospital in Afula that welcomed him. He is their only Canadian volunteer. I'm telling you, like being a soldier and being in the fighting, that to me is like, that's, you know, there you're really putting your life in the line. You know, I'm doing what I learned to do for many years and just doing it amongst people that I really want to be with right now. And it's, uh, but so I guess it could get that sense of maybe more danger if things, when things get worse. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is What Jewish Canada Sounds Like for Tuesday, October the 24th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. And on this second in our series called The Helpers, I want you to meet Dr. Brad Strauss, now into his third week volunteering in a hospital in Israel. Even though he lives in Toronto, Dr. Strauss actually took out Israeli citizenship last year to fulfill a lifelong Zionist dream. When he heard what happened October 7th and saw that Israel's government has declared they're at war with Hamas, he joined a stream of medical volunteers from around the world. He won't be the last. Israel's Ministry of Health has now broadened its call, asking anyone in Canada, the U.S. and the EU with medical training who wants to volunteer to sign up and be ready to come when things heat up. We put the link for doing that in our show notes. Strauss spoke to us on a break from his rounds at the Haemek Hospital about why he's seeing a lot of patients with serious heart conditions caused by stress. Appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. We're speaking while you're on shift. Uh, our listeners won't be able to see, but our viewers will. You're in your in your scrubs uh, or in your in your hospital greens, whatever your hospital clothes. And uh, I guess before we find out, you know, a little bit more about what's going on today. Uh, and what you've been doing, we have to find out your chronology. When did you leave and how did you decide you wanted to to go to Israel during this time? I decided um, on uh, Shabbat of Shemini uh, Yetzirah uh, that I wanted to come when the attack happened. Uh, after the, the holiday, I contacted friends that I have in Israel. I have trained many Israeli cardiologists at different hospitals and uh, I tried to find a place where I thought I could be of help. And uh, that's how I decided to come here. Uh, but I did have a, it wasn't quite straightforward to just come. Uh, I had to, actually I came twice. The first time I came, I had to fly from Toronto to London. Uh, and then 
run from the landing and through all the immigration, whatever, and, and run to the flight to get uh, British Airways. Went all day on that. I was circling around Ben Gurion on a British Airways flight for about an hour, and then they forced us to return to London. And then I was, uh, with the help of Rabbi Israel Reichman, got a very early flight. It was it was a little bit tiring to to Zurich, uh, to Zurich, and then from Zurich I got on the flight and I managed to make it in through LL. In fact, the British Airways flight was the last time that they attempted to come into Israel. And they, they stopped flying after that. So. Was there a particular danger while you were in the air from uh, British Airways? Uh, tell us a little bit about the actual experience. Yeah. I didn't really know what was going on. They, they, at some point, they they announced that there were some risks of, uh, I don't know if actually they had sent missiles towards Ben-Gurion and they were intercepted. or they, But the, that was what the reason was that we turned back. But I've been in Israel before and, and subsequently, even on this time, I, I've been through a, a number of the red alerts that happened. You know, I just sat in my seat and hoped that we would get in. And why did Afula need need you? It's a great uh, question that, uh, and maybe I should just give you a, a small brief background of how I how all this sort of happens. So I, I've, you know, I, I became an Israeli citizen. I made Aliyah uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, I, though I'm still in Toronto a lot of the time, I, I go back and forth and I have many uh, contacts here because I've trained a lot of interventional cardiologists from Israel at Sunnybrook, probably about 20. And as part of what I've done recently is I, I uh, went through the, and obtained my Israeli uh, license for medicine. And then I did, uh, I, I was able to get my cardiology uh, to that, you know, the, the certificate to do cardiology, which included actually being in one of the centers here for a month. And I was at Sheba. That was last May. So I had all of the the documents that make it easier to do that. And uh, I think it's really important because there are many, many individuals that I've spoken with in Canada, some in the U.S., that would love nothing more than to come and volunteer. That's what they want to do. Now, do they need me right now? Like, would some things not happen if I wasn't here? I don't, to be honest with you, I, I, I think they would be just fine right now without me. Uh, I hate to say that, but I think it's the truth. Uh, the, you know, they're, they're a very well-organized medical system in Israel. But I, my concern was that when things uh, go to the next stage, that it would be there, the need would be much greater because the, the disruption and, and uh, you know, a lot of the residents are in the reserves, some of the doctors in the reserves. And I felt that not only did I find it extremely difficult being in Toronto during this period, to be honest with you, that's what really drove me to go right away. But I also felt that if things got worse, I would be here, I'd be on the ground, I would know exactly what how everything functions. And if needed, I, I think even then my my skill set would, would be a, more of an asset. But even being here now, I. I think it helps to have someone from somewhere else come and be part of the team. And I think it, I think I, I hope that it picks up the morale a little bit by by giving the residents extra time of teaching and being part of the, the scene. They they don't feel as much alone as 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 the sense is when you go through one of these terrible experiences like they are now. I mean, you're too you know you're too old to be in the in the army. Obviously, now no offense. Yeah. 
it's okay. <laughs> I'd be their secret weapon, I think. But um, so if I go away and, and do things in Israel, it, it's I, I think it is probably disruptive to my patients, and I, that's the one issue I, I, I feel I do feel guilty about. But in terms of the functioning of my life, it's 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 much easier now than when I was younger. And I don't, to be honest, I don't think since I've been a you know a physician, which was sort of in the you know late seventies, early eighties, that there's been a crisis like there is now. Tell me about your Zionist. Um upbringing and and in i guess in canada how did israel figure in your life that got you to this stage here so i'm born in kitchener i was raised there and you know it was a very um, you know zionist oriented family i probably first visited israel uh, on sabbath tours when i was about 15 i think and you know I, i probably the the moment for me that 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 really crystallized the need to be here was you know, when I was younger and I read this book by Hillel Halkin, is the author, it's called Letters to a Jewish American Friend. And I read the book and after I finished it, I thought, yeah, he, he's right. We really should be here. And it's a, I'm not sure if you read the book, but it's fascinating read. And then life took over, right? I, I had, I, I got in, in fact, I found out I got into medical school when I was uh, taking a course at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. I'm a, yeah, that's where I was actually when I found out. And I, went back, did medicine. My career has been extremely important to me over the years. I've been very, very engaged in it. Um, and then, so probably the thing that, that really then moved it forward, although I never lost that sensation, it just that it, it, it wasn't a very easy time to do much, came to the point that I, I, I really wanted to act on it and do something concrete. And that's why it's, I, I went ahead and did uh, uh, became made Aliyah. Tell me what your day to day looks like there. What exactly are you doing? I was spent the weekend after I arrived in Batyam. It was actually uh, uh, a, a number of uh, red alerts went on during while I was there, and but it wasn't the first time because I was here in 2014. So every experience I think prepares you for the next one. So running into the shelter and once you know we were on uh, walking on. You know, near the Tayelet there, to just on a walk, and it came. I'd run into some building stairwell, but I, you know, you just do it, and I, it doesn't doesn't phase me or anything. Just do it. Uh, and then I I came to the hospital. They w- warmly welcomed me. I was warmly greeted as well by the CEO of the hospital, who came up to to come and you know sort of say thanks for coming and joining us. Uh, everyone in the group, whether they be the nurses, the physicians. Uh, you know, cleaning staff, everyone comes up and says, thank you for coming. We appreciate you coming here. They're, they're extremely warm. Uh, and are you the only Canadian there or the only foreign doctor in the hospital that you know of at the moment? I suspect yes, but I don't know for sure. But uh, I mean, when the CEO comes up to see you, I thought he's making a lot of rounds to various places. I, he might, but I, I don't know. Uh, and so I, I come every, it, there's a, uh, sort of a, a custom in Israel everywhere where the whole group meets at 7.30 in the morning. It's every hospital that I've been to here, and I've been to a number of them. And they discuss all the cases from the day before, what's going, you know, um, complex ones. And then the rest of the day after that's over, I either go into the cath lab, uh, catheterization laboratory where we do uh, co- cardiac interventions like angioplasty and stenting. Or I've worked in the the coronary care unit, uh, going to see the patients. Or I've done I've taken the residents aside and done some teaching on various aspects of it. 
Uh, and sometimes they, they do cases in the afternoon. So I, I stick around for that. Uh, okay, so you do the cases, you're in the hospital. What is it like there uh, in the north now? Has the hospital been uh, hit at all by anything? No, I, I think they had some, uh, the chief of cardiology had a friend in Matula that was, that was wounded by shrapnel yesterday. There were some rockets went in there. But there are a few things that I've noticed from being here. One is that it's, it's definitely a more grim situation. It's not, it's not the usual joking around like working with where I have been before. It's, you know, the, it, there, there is a lot of immense pressure on, on pretty much everyone working here because, first of all, they either know someone who was wounded, uh, taken by hostage, for as a hostage or escape miraculously from the event in Gaza. It's, and most of them know more than one, one family, one person involved in it. And that's taken a huge effect on them. Um, so that's always in the background. And secondly, they all have their kids or their grandchildren in the army or their son-in-law. And we've been waiting around for the last few days, very uncertain about what, what's the next step. You can't find anyone who's not personally affected by this. And uh, so, but I, I want to say one other thing here, because I think it's important. Um, the Israeli hospitals are the one place in Israel where, the, where Arab and Jewish Israelis work together and work well together. And I've been very impressed since being here, how that atmosphere of collegiality in the hospital looking after patients, doing work together is wonderful. It's, it's inspiring. And I'm so impressed. That's one of the things that I, I, I didn't know what it would be like here, whether it would be, you know, how it would be for patient interactions or staff interactions. And uh, it, it, it's, it, it truly is inspiring. And the, the other part I've noticed is that it's been a very tumultuous year in Israel, and I've been here for a lot of it. And very unpleasant at times. And now the, the deeds of kindness and the general ways that they interact with each other is also really inspiring that people go out of their way to give their home to someone from the South or collect food for them. Uh, the spirit of generosity and, and, you know, brotherhood of, you know, of Jews is, 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 is really strong right now. And everywhere I go, it says, I'm your Chai, these, these signs everywhere. Uh, and it, it, especially after the, the difficult, troubling year we've had, to see uh, the pulling together of, of the country has is, is been something that I've I'm, I'm been really moved by since being here. You said a lot of people are in the army already or they've gone, but is, so there's no big problems uh, in terms of uh, giving patients the care they need? Like, what are you noticing? You know, I'm, I have a very limited snapshot of what goes on here, but I think the standard of care... Uh, is 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 held fine uh, that they're doing what they need to do. Um, the thing about cardiology, I didn't come here to look after wounded soldiers, etc. I don't have that skill set. I'm a cardiologist. I, I do different things, and by and large, not involved in that. But the general population continues to need care, uh, and sometimes more care because of the stresses that are that that exist with the current situation. So that's. For me, that was the, the reason that I thought I could be of use. And from what I've seen so far, uh, 
clinical care has been very well maintained, um, although it may be challenged much more as, as in, the, in the coming days. There's more need for cardiologists because people are more stressed in Israel. The patients are having heart issues because of what the rockets, the stress being in, in a war zone. What does that look like? Like I know this is yeah. just an example. My friend's father had a heart attack during the Gulf War when the Scud missiles were flying and he died in Israel of it. So, yeah, I mean, there are there are cardiac conditions, one called takosubo cardiomyopathy, stress cardiomyopathy, which can be brought on by severe stress, for instance. And I don't think you get much more stressful than what this country is facing right now. That, you know, patients, there, there's a lot of patients with chronic diseases in Israel, as there are in other places. Uh, there are a lot of elderly people, uh, a lot of young people, surprisingly, from what I've seen here uh, with heart disease at very early ages. Um, but I'm not sure where everything is headed. And, and I think that that's, it's, it's probably going to get a lot worse. I sense that, so. I think it will. And if things heat up, what are you going to do? Have you promised your family that you'll stay till a certain date or when things change? I mean, what is the deal that you made? I, I'm, I'm here till, till I, as long as I can be of help and I'm not leaving. That's for sure. You're getting paid for this? No. You said you were there in 2014. Did you also volunteer in 2014 or you were just there for another reason? Well, it, it wasn't the same. Now it's, uh, the, I, I couldn't sit in Toronto. I, I could not. I I felt so uncomfortable and so so affected by it. Like many people, many you know, I was not I wasn't unique in how I felt when all this was going on. I just but I because I had all of these 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 qualifications and contacts. Like for me not to go, I mean, I think you you the the question would be is why aren't you there, Brad? You have everything that allows you to do what you can do and, and why are you sitting here in Toronto? So the others who are medical doctors who'd like to come and have to go through a lot of bureaucracy because they don't have it, call uh, a vote to all of them for wanting to come. But I, I, I'm, I've, I've thrown in my lot with this place for a while and I, you know, I, I can do this. So I, I'm, it's, not a, it's not a question of, of coming. I can see that it's uh, something you didn't expect, but I appreciate your emotions uh, and sharing that story with us. You're doing rounds and you're doing like normal stuff there, but what else is needed? What I think that, that the raising money is is really important. And I think the medical institutions are very wor- worthy of, of any support that they can get, whether... It's hospital here at Hayamik or, or Sheba or Korea or Jerusalem, any of them. They do amazing work and they need the support. I think that there have been campaigns to raise certain equipment, which is helpful. It's been an honor to speak to you. Stay safe and call a cover for what you're doing. And that is what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. Dr. Strauss says Hyamek Hospital needs two modern pieces of equipment right now, a mobile echocardiogram machine and a mobile x-ray machine for the ER. If you want to donate, I've put the link in our show notes to the Iman Foundation where you can specify the money is for those things. In other news, if you're in Edmonton on Wednesday, the Jewish community is holding a vigil outside the Alberta legislature at 5.30 local time to call for the release of the 220 remaining hostages 
held by Hamas, including Vivian Silver, the Canadian peace activist originally from Winnipeg. As you know, Hamas released two hostages yesterday, including someone with a Canadian connection, 85-year-old Yocheved Livshitz. Her niece lives in Vancouver. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily. If you missed yesterday's Helper podcast about Ronan Harari and the Spin Master Toy Company and what they're doing behind the scenes in Israel, the link is in our show notes. Mm-hmm.